بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمده ونصلي على رسوله الكريم اما بعد continuing with the discussion of the fourth action regarding protecting the heart so what was last discussed was that there are sometimes people who they lower their gaze the gaze of the eyes the gaze of the physical self that they lower but they don't lower the gaze of the heart as a result of which they keep themselves involved in haram and this destroys the nur of the heart so in this regard is the ayat of the quran sharif that allah taala declares ya'lamu khainatal a'yuni wa ma tukhfi as-sudur allah taala knows the deception of the eyes and the secrets of the hearts as mentioned yesterday that the muraqaba and the meditation of these ayat are very important very beneficial this ayat the ayat of the quran sharif was also mentioned alam ya'lam bi anna allah yara likewise the ayat of allah tala mentions inna as-sam'a wal basara wal fu'ad kullu ulaika kana anhu mas'ula verily a person's hearing his sight and his heart all this he will be questioned about on the day of qiyamah so bringing that whole scene of qiyamah in front of one that how i'm going to now answer for this on the day of qiyamah imagine oneself already present on the day of qiyamah the reality we can never imagine now but we can bring some picture to mind of an accountability that now i'm being taken to task and being asked to explain these actions of mine that why did i misuse these ni'mats of allah taala certain day certain deed certain things you were looking at answer for it now. now that is a very very difficult day and very difficult time so now to bring this strongly to mind it requires that a person makes time for these muraqabas and he deeply meditates upon this repeats his ayat deeply from his heart over and over again so even just one ayat also if a person latches on to and that he maintains his concentration and his consciousness in that repetition repeatingly reciting it from his heart that too will suffice alam ya'lam bi anna allah yara that too will suffice but for a good period of time starting off with 3 4 minutes and then increasing it over time So Allah Taala is aware of the haram pleasure that you derive in your heart. One pious person states, little couplet in Urdu, "Choriya aankhon ki aur seenon ke raaz jaanta hai sabko tu e beniyaz." The deception of the eyes and the secrets of the heart. You, oh you who is the most independent one, you are all aware of it. It is not sinful if the previous sins come to mind. meaning if just something triggered a memory but to then engage it is a problem rather it is sinful to bring these thoughts to mind if an evil thought comes to mind one will not be taken to task for it however when an evil thought comes to mind it is haram to thereafter entertain that thought by thinking further about it or to look deliberately think of the past sins and derive pleasure from it or to plot committing a sin in the future 
shaitan's full time job is try to disturb the mu'min trying to distract him try to get him away from allah taala so this is shaitan's full time job that he'll keep whispering waswas so the waswasa that shaitan whispers in the heart of a person that does not harm a person provided that he does not then dwell on it he does not engage it he does not flow away with that but rather he rejects that waswasa so some waswasa came how will he reject it simply by engaging his heart in zikr at that time as discussed yesterday that he now gets his heart deeply engaged in zikr qalbi the zikr of the heart directly from the heart not even any tongue movement just the heart shouting out allah 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 repeatedly oh istighfar oh he began reciting some other tasbihat started making tilawat of the quran sharif so basically he turned his attention and his entire focus of the heart towards the remembrance of allah taala that is rejecting this waswasa to try and push that waswasa itself away that is engaging it because now he is he is engaging with it directly though his intention is to try and move it out but that's engaging it like one is that the person now is picking a fight so now he's picking a fight so somebody now just ignores him and walks past so now he ignored him and walked past there's no fight left but then i see this person picking a fight so i need to flaw him but now sometimes the process he got flawed so the way to avoid the fight is is to ignore him and walk past wa a'rid 'anil jahilin that too is a jahalat and shaitan is the biggest jahil so likewise the mind is such the heart and mind are such that they cannot be focused towards two things at the same time an nafsu la tatawajjahu ila shay'ain fi anin wahid one moment it can't be focused in two directions it may be now focused in one direction maybe the next minute somewhere else the third minute somewhere else but in one moment in time in two different directions that's not the nature of the heart so now when the heart was now attacked by this waswasa and the person fully diverted his attention to the remembrance of allah taala it is impossible that this will now remain because he is totally turned it elsewhere this cannot remain at the same time now that is the point where many a person finds the challenge and slips up that he can't detach himself and move his mind away move his heart away why because that tentacles of shaitan are little bit deep now so that haram pleasure that he is deriving out of this so now the nafs doesn't want to detach from there so it's purely the the mischief of the nafs and that is a mujahada that is required at that time that a person now he doesn't become a coward at that time is very cowardly now that somebody is now stealing all his goods away and he is looking around feebly and just just uh, standing by and watching and doing nothing about it now if somebody is stealing all his valuables he is not going to allow that to just happen 
people put their life on the line to protect their things. So now when shaitan is there to steal a person's noor of iman, the noor of the tilawat of the Quran Sharif, the entire khatam he made, his whole atikaf, shaitan is coming to now rob him of it. And his fast, the noor of taqwa that was developed in the month of Ramadan, I don't know, just stand by and look at it. He's just going to let it happen. So that is cowardly. Person who is brave enough, then he's going to do something about it. He's going to try to save himself, save his goods. So now, the material goods, that a person will put his life on the line to save it. But what can that compare to the value of those bounties Allah blesses a person's heart in terms of the noor of ibadat, the connection with Allah Ta'ala to whatever extent that developed in the Mubarak month of Ramadan and the taqwa, whatever extent Allah Ta'ala blessed and that came into the heart, some consciousness of Allah Ta'ala came and now shaitan is coming wholesale to drag it away, person is standing by and is watching it happen. That is very cowardly. Hazrat is to often mention this in a very strong way, is to say share bano, share, be a lion. Lomri Madbano. Don't be one cowardly fox. That now as soon as it sees something now in the way it quietly is now slipping away. I can't face this challenge anymore. It says, why don't you learn to roar like that lion? That lion doesn't just take anything for granted. Somebody just came across in his territory, so let it just carry on. He then opens out his chest and roars at the top of his voice. So the Lion has become famously known because of his bravery. Some say that he's called the king of the jungle, but in reality he's not so much of a king. There are many other animals in the jungle who the lion too won't take a chance with. He'll quietly slip away maybe. But still he's the king of the jungle because of his overall bravery. Or maybe some other things as well. So that's why this title hit came onto the lion. So he's become a share, become a lion. So when shaitan starts coming to even start crossing into the territory, then roar out. Now obviously how are we going to roar out? That's just figuratively meant here. Now that's the time to get the heart engaged in the zikr qalbi. That's the roaring out of a mu'min. To ward away shaitan. Inna al-ladheena taqaw iza masahum ta'ifum min shaitani tazakkaru. As soon as the shaitani interference comes, they turn their attention fully towards the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. So sometimes a person got a tasbih in his hand to, he's reciting something with his tongue as well, his tongue is moving in the recitation of some tasbih, but at that time to his heart is engaged now more in trying to derive that haram pleasure, that is not going to be sufficient. MashaAllah, he'll get some reward for the tasbih he's reciting. But the, the effect of it now, taking him away from that haram, that will come when the heart is immersed in that zikr and remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. But the heart is now shouting out, it's roaring out the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala. So outwardly, nobody can see anything this person is engaged in. Nobody can hear him say anything. But his heart is at the top of its voice. It is engaged in calling out for Allah Ta'ala's help. When a person is being Allah forbid, Allah Ta'ala save us, somebody is being kidnapped, somebody is being hijacked, 
and now he has to call out for help in that situation. Now he has to shout out to attract somebody's attention to help. So how is he going to shout out at that time? So at that time, in a very very feeble and a very humble tone, that if anybody is out there, please, I need some help. He is going to shout out without any kind of consideration now who's around to maybe getting disturbed or anything. He's going to shout out at the top of his voice for that help. And it's going to come out with desperation. There's going to be a deep desperation in the way he calls out. So likewise that heart must shout out in that way. There's no sound emanating from the mouth. But the heart must shout out in that desperation. That this terrible thief, shaitan, is coming to rob me of all whatever Allah Ta'ala blessed me with in this Mubarak month of Ramadan. The ibadat of fasting, the atikaf, and I can just stand and just watch. So yes, I am unable to protect myself, but if I call out to Allah Ta'ala, Allah's help will come. But that's the time to call out from the depths of the heart. That's the zikr qalbi. That's the engaging of the heart, and that is itself the diversion. A person will try to floor shaitan down, he might get flawed. He needs to just merely turn to Allah Ta'ala, Allah's help and move on. So this is the effort that has to be made and that is the mujahada that is required at that time. So to the extent that he gets involved deeply in the zikr qalbi, if his tongue is moving in the zikr also no problem. But the more effective thing at that time is just to concentrate on the heart. Just make the heart be engaged deeply in the zikr. So that is disengaging from whatever the thought was because the mind and heart cannot concentrate on those two things at the same time. If an evil thought comes to mind, one will not be taken to task for it. However, when an evil thought comes, it is haram to thereafter entertain that thought by thinking further about it, or to deliberately think of the past sins and derive pleasure from it, or to plot to commit a sin in the future. These aspects will incur the displeasure of Allah Ta'ala. Another severe harm of thinking of evil, that is to deliberately engage the mind and heart in some evil thoughts. The severe harm of this is that the desire to commit sins is then intensified. For that moment the person will, shaitan will put it in his mind, that now you're doing nothing, you're just now sitting quietly and just engaging your mind in something. So you didn't, you didn't commit anything. But that is the deception of shaitan. That is lighting the fire. That is setting the flame up. And he's already now, the further these thoughts go, then it is, it is like that gas that now is escaping or that gas that is now coming out of that cylinder. And it is filling the atmosphere around. So now likewise, when a person engages himself in this manner, He's keeping his heart and mind engaged in these kind of thoughts. So that is that flammable gas that is now surrounding him. Now when that gas is all around in that atmosphere, all it requires is a slightest spark to cause everything to explode. Doesn't require anything much. Many times there have been some major fires and explosions. Say so what happened? No, there was a gas leak, people didn't realize it. There was a gas leak, some people now deal with gas and so on, or they in some home sometimes, wherever, 
Okay, there was a gas leak. The person didn't realize it. Somebody came there. In the, he didn't have any idea what was going on. For whatever reason, he lit a match. All he did was lit a match, and the whole place went up in flames. Now, likewise, when a person keeps his mind and heart engaged in these kind of things, so now the sinful thoughts, for the sake of an example, this obviously creates certain feelings. Those feelings are like this gas now surrounding him. Now he's walking around with this flammable gas all around him. So now it just requires one spark to make it explode. He might just pass somewhere and in one moment his gaze fell somewhere which normally he would have just ignored and passed away, passed, gone past it. But now this gas is all over him. That ignited everything. And in that moment he exploded his iman, exploded his chastity, exploded everything. Exploded his izzat and honor, everything went down in the mud. So now sometimes it becomes hard to fathom that how something so... Just in that one moment the person now just... How he just flipped like that. But it wasn't just that one moment that flipped. It was that build up of the gas over time and this whole... He surrounded himself with all this flammable situation. So now it wasn't just something that flipped. It was this whole build up over time. The heart and mind was now all put to a peak of incitement. So now when there's all of the peak of incitement, the person is now walking around very, very calmly outwardly and a picture of piety. But inside something else has been happening. That picture of piety is only on the outside. But inside is all this incitement that is deliberately being incited. So now all it needs sometimes is a match. One little spark. And now in that one moment, somebody made one, one comment of some sort. Somebody said something which wasn't even intended to mean something sinful, but because of his mindset. His mind ran in another way and he took advantage of that moment and Allah forbid, shaitan is there to cause some issue everywhere. Shaitan doesn't leave any opportunity aside. One person, this was perhaps in a dream or in whichever form this was, so had a conversation with shaitan. Shaitan said, if I get an opportunity to have a personality like Rabia Basriya and Hassan Basri in the same space, in privacy. In other words, these are two very, very great personalities that had passed. So he said, if somebody of the caliber of Hassan Basri and somebody of the caliber of Rabia Basriya, once Hassan Basri, he was, now sometimes some kefiyat come upon these pious people. So it's not that they do something for the for ulterior motives, but some kefiyat came upon him. So he placed his musalla on the on the water placed his musalla on the water and is performing salah as a karamat something not ordinarily possible for people but now in that moment Allah Ta'ala he probably hum, there are things which we our minds don't fathom we don't think about it but people who are on that level they think differently oh Sheikh the Shah Sahib Rahmatullah used to mention about the Shah Abdul Ghani Pulpuri Rahmatullah, his Sheikh. Now we have all the facilities, so a person needs to take a ghusl, 
So he goes to the bathroom and takes a ghusl. They were living in that rural setup. There wasn't even any water available in running water. The water had to go be fetched from a river and brought. So for the Juma ghusl, it was a very common thing. They would go to the river, take the ghusl at the river, wash their clothes in that, in that moment while they're taking the ghusl as well, and then they would return. That was a standard thing of many of the Akabir. So he said, Hazrat used to go into the river, so then he would now be immersed in the water of the river, and that itself would be the cover now. So in that, while he's immersed in the water of the river, so you say, I even take some water and drink it also, because this is pure halal, pure water from Allah Ta'ala. It hasn't been touched by insan, in the sense that insan processed something in between. So now I'm immersed in what Allah has provided, which is so pure. I put something within my, in the body as well, by consuming some of it. And then I engage from my heart in dua, that this is such a wonderful moment to take the name of Allah Ta'ala from the heart, and to make dua, because I'm surrounded by what is pure, everything completely pure, and I've consumed some of it which is pure. Now that moment of purity in the surrounding as well, that's a time now I feel I should make some dua from my heart directly. Now, Humayun won't go in that direction. This is a special time that can be taken advantage of for dua. Why? Because of the purity of the surrounding, the purity of everything around. Now these people's minds are on another level. So now we will question it, that now, but what was the point after all? You can put the musalla on the ground, why put it on the water? Fine, if Allah Ta'ala made it possible. But now there's some different thinking involved in it in that moment. And that karamat is not in the control of any wali. Karamatul awliya'i haqqun. This is part of the aqidah of the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah. That the karamat of the awliya is a haqq, it's a reality. But this happens by the permission of Allah Ta'ala. It's not in the control of that person. Allah wills, it gets manifested. And if Allah Ta'ala doesn't will, nothing will happen. Hazrat Umar anhu in his time, there was one fire that broke out. And he said to Hazrat Tamim Dari radiallahu this volcano, you go and take it and put it back where it came from. So he went and he, with the motion of his hands gesturing it, moved it back and put it back where it came from. It's karamat. Many other karamat of the Sahabai Karama mentioned. So in any case, now he put his musalla on the waters and he's busy performing salah. It happened at that time that by chance Rabia Basriya Rahmatullah happened to pass by. She might have been coming out for some errand or some, some necessary work or whatever. She happened to pass by and she saw the scene and she realized this must be Hassan Basri that he is now performing salah on the water. So what she did was, this was meant to now, well, they are on another level, so nevertheless though this was something that he, Allah Ta'ala blessed him in that moment, but at the same time to just keep the balance of the heart, for him as a lesson. So what she did was, she put her musalla on the air, and she performed Surah Kaznamaz. Now the water is still some surface. But the air, after completing it, she said to him that neither is that any Kamal, nor is this any Kamal. 
if you could read your two rakats on water, then even the fish are swimming in water all the time. And if I read it on air, then even the flies are flying around in the air. But now look at the example that she gave. When she compared his situation, she compared it with fish. She compared her situation, she used the example of a fly. Even that very way of correcting was, subhanallah, with this consciousness of what is being said, I might apparently have seemed to do a more supernatural thing, a bigger karamat. But she made that also, by the way, even flies fly around, so if I made something on the air, what's the difference? The real thing is that Allah Ta'ala's acceptance must be received. Allah Ta'ala must become pleased. So this was just a way of just keeping the balance. Look, okay, Allah blessed you with this karamat, but don't let it get anywhere in the way that it's some feeling comes in the heart that this is now I'm you know, somewhere. This is something. So now what the point we, we're talking about is, so Shaitan said if there's a personality like Hassan Basri that I can get somewhere or is somewhere. And at the same time, there's some other personality, some female of the caliber of Rabia Basriya Rahmatullah So people of that piety, that consciousness of Allah Ta'ala, but if the two of them are in privacy, I am very confident I'll get them also involved in haram. So if people of that caliber also, Shaitan is not despondent of his mischief, so where people like us have any chance to take, any basis to take chances and to feel we are immune and it doesn't really matter if we don't uphold the laws of hijab properly and the segregation that's required between the males and females and it's fine, it's not too serious. When people of this caliber also, shaitan is not despondent of getting, meaning he is feeling confident. He is feeling confident that he will be able to commit, get them to commit some mischief. So what chance anybody else stands? So Allah Ta'ala's commands, Allah Ta'ala has created insan. Allah Ta'ala knows insan's fitrat. What is his nature? And Allah Ta'ala provided that framework and gave those ahkam for the protection of insan. That you stay within this, despite your fitrat you will be safe. And you step out of this, that's your fitrat. Now you stepped out, so now you will expose yourself to the danger. So, all these things are for our benefit, for our protection. So now a person who, now at that time, he is confronted with these situations, he turns to Allah Ta'ala, so what we are talking about is, this issue about a person who keeps his heart and mind engaged in these kind of thoughts, so the harm of this is, that the desire for sin gets intensified in his heart. And now that's that flammable gas all around him now. Now it's just a matter of one spark, and Allah forbid what will happen. So that's the very big danger. One is the sin, but apart from the sin, this is the danger as well. So it's not only that there's a sin, well that sin now later on I'll make Toba and get sorted out, that, that too is now very dangerous. Because that later on whether it will come or not, and when a person becomes bold on sin, and especially relying on making Toba later, Allah forbid that that thought of Toba also doesn't come then. That Toba also comes with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala. ثُمَّ تَابَ عَلَيْهِمْ لِيَتُوبُوا 
ثُمَّ تَابَ عَلَيْهِمْ Then Allah's special grace turned towards them so that they may repent. That was the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala. When a person becomes bold and very audaciously starts sinning, Allah forbid that tawajjuh from Allah Ta'ala's side gets shifted. The mind doesn't go in that direction then. And a person keeps just, if something just triggered some thought of Tawbah to, that this later, later inshallah later, and that later becomes too late. So, this is the very important aspect, that the heart must be kept clean. So these wasawis, shaitan will keep whispering. That whisper of shaitan, as long as a person has rejected it in the manner described, it can't harm him in any way. No matter how many times it comes, no matter how severely it comes, no matter what kind of waswasa comes, that is something not to pay any attention to and not to become perturbed by it either. Sometimes some people become very perturbed by it. But why are these kind of thoughts coming to my mind? What are you doing about it when it comes? Says, no, immediately I'm getting involved in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, I'm rejecting it. So then, what you are concerned about, what you have done, that waswasa became a means of taking you, though that waswasa wasn't a good thing, but your reaction to that waswasa became a means of taking you forward. Because that now, to reject it, you got involved in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, so where that took you? You were sitting idly, you were doing nothing, your heart and mind was blank also, or just thinking of something futile, and then this waswasa came, so you immediately sprung into action and started making zikr qalbi That took you ahead. But what became the catalyst? The catalyst was the waswasa. So that became the firewood which you burnt up to make it beneficial for yourself. So that firewood, if you take it and put it on your head and walk, you're going to harm yourself because the weight of that will crush you. But if you burn it up, then somebody will burn it, they'll cook their food on it, somebody will use it for heat, somebody will, whatever other benefits they'll take out of it, that became a very beneficial thing. People pay for that firewood. So the matter is that that waswasa is to be burnt up, not to be loaded on the head. And the burning up of that is, same thing, rejecting it. There's a mujahada involved. But every time that fills the heart with noor, tremendous noor, and that becomes a great progress. And this dua also should be made regularly. Allahumma ja'al wasawisa qalbi khashyataka wa zikrak. Masnoon dua. Nabi taught this dua. Allahumma ja'al wasawisa qalbi khashyataka wa zikrak. Ya Allah, make the wasawis of my heart become a means of your fear, meaning that your khashiyat increases. Because now that is taking a person backwards that Astaghfirullah, how could I have thought like this? Whereas it was a waswasa, but that became khashiyat. And now it turned him to zikr. He's making astaghfirullah, he's saying Allah, Allah. Ya Allah, you make this happen. That every time any waswasa comes, it gets converted into khashiyat and zikr. So subhanallah, shaitan, and this is the ilaj of it itself. The ilaj and the remedy is number one, to totally ignore it, and to get involved in the zikr. After time, 10 times, 50 times, 100 times, I think, carried on. Then Shaitan, in fact, starts thinking that I rather not put too much wasasa in this person's mind. Because every time I make whispering something, 
that is becoming a means of this person gaining even greater closeness to Allah Ta'ala. Because he is getting involved in zikr, he is getting involved in this khashiyat. So I rather go somewhere else. That itself will start becoming a means of these wasawis decreasing. So the only ilaj and the remedy for this is completely to ignore it, but not just to remain idle at that time. To immediately engage the heart deeply in zikr and istighfar and to also this dua at that time, ta'awuz obviously turning to Allah Ta'ala وَإِمَّا يَنزَغَنَّكَ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ نَزْغٌ فَاسْتَعِذْ بِاللَّهِ These are all the steps when that attack of shaitan comes that isti'adha first turning to Allah Ta'ala and seeking Allah Ta'ala's protection أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ and then immersing the heart deeply in the zikr qalbi so the stawuz and the zikr of Allah Ta'ala this will ward away all the wasawis and a person won't have that issue and if it happens again he repeats the same thing all this is filling his heart with noor and this will strengthen his heart as he goes along and gradually this itself will become the means of those wasawis also fading away So another severe harm of thinking of evil is that the desire to commit sins is intensified. As a result, there is a grave danger that one will become physically involved in sin. May Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us from all these haram actions. By the barakah of being protected from these sins, it will inshallah become easy to remain safe from all other sins. This brings us to the end of that discussion of the four actions. Then there are some other details that are written, some rights of the husband, rights of the wife, etc. We don't have hard copies of the kitab at the moment, but inshallah if it becomes available in future, we'll try and pass it on to people. But there are PDF copies available, somebody wants it, they may contact maybe through the website or whatever, we'll try and make it available inshallah. Further, there's two muraqabas mentioned here. We have discussed some muraqabas, but this is a muraqaba apart from what we have discussed previously. One muraqaba is to safeguard a person from the very serious malady of pride. Ojib also comes in the same thing. A muraqaba to save us from these very severe maladies of ujb, vanity, thinking great about oneself, or pride, which involves now looking down upon others as well. This is a very, very severe sin. This is the sin that caused the fall of shaitan. Shaitan who was mu'allimul malaika, he was among, staying among the malaika, though he was a jinn, and had that position that he was even the teacher of the malaika. But when he fell, he fell so badly, that he got rejected forever. The downfall came as a result of his pride. So now one muraqaba to protect us from this. So the muraqaba is of the ayat of the Quran Sharif where Allah Ta'ala says, Ma asabaka min hasanatin famin Allah. Ma asabaka min hasanatin famin Allah. Whatever goodness reaches you, it is only from Allah Ta'ala. From Allah Ta'ala alone. So whatever that goodness might be, whether it is a dini ni'mat, whether it is something to do with any material bounty and benefit, whatever it might be, it is from Allah alone. 
So it is not any person's doing, it is not his ability, not his hard work, not his achievement in any way. It's purely Allah Ta'ala's grace. But now it requires meditating on this ayat. One is reading it one time, reading it, know the meaning of it also. Somebody went into the tafsir of it as well, learn the tafsir also. Somebody can give a bayan over it also. But the benefit will come when it is meditated upon in a very conscious manner, very dedicated manner, repeatedly from the depth of the heart, a person is pondering over it. Ma asabaka min hasanatin famin Allah. And in that moment he is bringing to mind as whatever he can, one one na'mat of Allah Ta'ala that he possesses, and especially the things that he was feeling, it's something to do with his achievement, his hard work, how he applied his mind and got it done, and how he moved things around and suddenly all this worked out. All those things that we're now bringing and puffing him with pride, bringing all this vanity in him, bringing that to mind at the same time. Ma asabaka min hasanatin famin Allah. From Allah alone. Ma asabaka min hasanatin famin Allah. Now repeatedly for two minutes, three minutes, person is now, this is settling deep down in the heart. Then when shaitan tries to put some waswasa of ujib, waswasa of pride, then this will be very strongly in the heart and it will ward off those wasabis as well. So this is one very important muraqaba also to save ourselves from this very very uh, major calamity of pride and ujub. <coughs> and then there's another muraqaba also <coughs> which is for the same purpose to remove this pride from the heart. To remove this ujb. So this is the muraqaba of Mashawari Thanwi Rahmatullah Person of that caliber, that piety, person who took thousands of people through the path of Islam and Tazkiyah. <coughs> he used to say, This is my daily muraqaba. Daily muraqaba that at this point in time, I am the lowest of every Muslim. Every Muslim is better than me. Presently, I am the lowest of every Muslim. And as a possibility in the future, I am lower than every disbeliever as well. Who is currently a disbeliever. I am lower than every disbeliever as well as a possibility in the future. Because the future nobody has any idea what's the future. It could happen in so many ways. It could be that that person is blessed with Iman and then he progresses to a height that I can't even imagine. So he is better than me in terms of the end result. Currently, I have Iman, that's Allah Ta'ala's blessing and bounty, priceless gift. He doesn't have that Iman, I'm definitely better than him now. Person can never ever regard somebody without Iman to be better than him. In the present moment, that is not the case. That can never be the case. A mu'min, no matter what level of mu'min he is, how far away he might be from deen, Allah forbid, how immersed he might be in sin, but if he is a mu'min, he has iman, then he is better than the entire world full of kuffar. The whole earth full of kuffar, this one mu'min is a billion times and a countless number of times better than them. So that, that must be very clear in the mind and heart. But, what the future holds, and this is to make a person conscious as well. Allah Ta'ala save us, Allah save us. I have no idea about the future. Allah protect us that I slip up and Allah forbid if that Iman is lost then what? 
then where is that person and where are we? So that is the reminder. So he says, every day this is the muraqabah I make. Now when a person is all the time, all the time he is consciously reminding himself very deeply, I am currently the lowest of every Muslim as a possibility in the future, even everybody else is better than me. So now where is going to be the space for this pride to come in? That pride now can't squeeze itself in. But this is a conscious effort to keep reminding oneself. So the Mashafai Tanvi was quite famously known for his very strict manner of getting, of making Islam. And if somebody went out of line, he would take them to task very strongly as well. And sometimes people would be reprimanded strongly, sometimes people would be now even some stronger steps would be taken. And at that time one of the strongest steps that could be taken is, people would come now with tremendous eagerness and zeal and wanting to make their Islam and Tazkiyah. So now they going through the paces. Now sometimes they slip up with something, you pack up your bedding and leave now. That was the most severe reprimand that could have come to somebody that he was told now to leave and go away. Then he'll go and he'll now repeatedly ask for forgiveness and he will then get somebody else to intercede on his behalf and then sometimes that permission will come, okay, you are allowed to return. So now, on the one hand, this is the muraqaba, I'm the lowest of everybody, everybody else is, every mu'min is better than me. So Hazrat Khaja Aziz Hassan Bazub he was to some degree had some, because he was very close, so some level of informality also. And he would take the courage to sometimes ask some things or say some things which others normally won't take the courage. So once when Hazrat mentioned that this is a muraqaba I make daily, I am the lowest of every person. So he asked the question then, he said, but I'm finding some difficulty in reconciling this. And the person on the one side, he is convincing himself and he is convinced about it. That I am the lowest of everybody. And now he is lower than everyone within his mind and heart. And yet he can take people to task so strongly. He is lower than everybody. And he will make everybody his king now. So Hazrat replied and said, There is no contradiction between these two things. One is that that is the reality that we must believe. And we must be convinced about it. Not just lip service. Initially it will be lip service. When a person will comment at Muraqaba, his tongue will be saying something and his heart will not be at all accepting it. His heart will be far away from that. His heart will say to the tongue, you keep talking, I don't know what you're talking. So the heart won't be ready to accept it. But when he's doing it consciously, When it will keep getting repeated on his tongue, it will gradually start seeping into his heart. That belief will come, yes, this is the reality. They said, there's one thing is to have this consciousness that I'm the lowest of every person. And the other is to fulfill a task. To carry out a responsibility. So now, the example, that in those days, there was a very common thing, that the Jallad, or it used to happen perhaps, the Jallad, the person who was used to now meet out the lashings. So now if somebody has done something wrong, 
So now depending on whatever the crime was, so now he's going to be sentenced to so many lashes. So now somebody did something, okay now, you're going to get 20 lashes. So somebody was caught drinking now, you're going to get 80 lashes. So now so many lashes with the whoop. The major thing now, person is going to get whooped. And these things used to happen in public. So many a times, the person who was the bungi, the bungi, in those days the toilet system was the bucket system. So the person who was the bucket carrier, who used to clean the toilets, the bungi, and now that person used to be regarded as the lowest of society now, because that's why he couldn't find any other job to do. Whereas he's only a halal living, he could be what maqam with Allah Ta'ala we don't know. At that time he might be engaged in his work, maybe even getting messed up. After he's cleaned himself and he stood in front of Allah Ta'ala, where he's reaching and he, what, what iota of pride is going to come in his heart. And we might be thinking we somewhere far better than some people, but because we're thinking we're better, already that pride is in us. That person is very simple, down and out, he's sitting in the streets, he's doing some very menial tasks. So even if pride is trying to get some space in him, there's no space in there. So his tawazu, where it would take him. He's a simple person, making his five times salah, carrying on with his amal, doesn't have any, nobody takes a second look at him, nobody gives him any attention. But there are some people of this nature, as mentioned in the Hadith Sharif, that there are some people disheveled, nobody pays any attention to him. But man law aqsama Allah la abarrahu. But they have such a relationship with Allah Ta'ala that if they take a qasam in the name of Allah Ta'ala that this will happen, whereas that's not within anybody's control to take a qasam for the future, that this will happen. But their relationship with Allah is such that if it came out by chance, by mistake, something like that came out, that no, Allah, this will happen. Anas bin Nadir, radiallahu ta'ala, it's a lengthy incident. So now there was one incident, his Anas in Malik radiallahu his aunt. So she got into some quarrel with somebody. And now, whatever the long and short of it is, but in that process now, in that quarrel, so she ended up, whatever, however it happened, but the next person lost one tooth. So now lost one tooth. So the law, the matter came to the Karim Salaam. So he said, well, a tooth for a tooth, eye for an eye. So a tooth for a tooth, you became the reason for that person's tooth being lost. So now in return your tooth will be taken out. So the Anas bin Nadar radiallahu ta'ala, who was the sister of the person now, whose tooth was going to be taken out, when he heard about it, in that moment, just in that moment of, my sister's tooth is going to be now taken out, it came out of his tongue. la tuksaru He's taking a qasam, that wallah her tooth will not be taken out. So now this happened in the presence of Nabi Karim Salaam, but it was just something that came out. He didn't now think about it and so in that moment of that emotion, this just came out. So Nabi Salaam told him uh, that this is the law of Allah Ta'ala. Amrullahi al-Qisas. The law of Allah is Qisas. Retaliation, an eye for an eye. So now the point was that before, what's the process is, 
that once the judgment is made, that this is the retribution, then the other party is still at liberty, if either that party who is now the aggrieved party, they want to overlook it and forgive it, it's up to them, they want to take some recompense, compensation in place of that, some blood money for example, if there was a, somebody got killed, it's their choice, and they say, no, no, we want that retaliation to happen accordingly, it will happen accordingly. So now all these negotiations that happened prior to this, they were told, okay, look, whatever happened, happened in a, just a moment now. Forget about it, say, no ways, we're not forgetting nothing. Tooth for a tooth, we want to have that, we want to take the retribution as we are entitled to. So all that had passed, they already finished, reject everything. Finish, say, no ways, we're not going to take anything else. We want to see the tooth of that person coming out. And now Hazrat Anas bin Nadir radiallahu ta'ala know this came out of his mouth. Wallahi la tukhsaru saniyatuha. So Rabbi Saudi is saying to him, Amrullah al qisas. The law of Allah is qisas. So you cannot take a qasam of this nature. You're going to have to meet the punishment out. While all this discussion is taking place, suddenly something crossed those people's mind, the family of the person that was aggrieved. They came back and said, no, don't worry, okay, we they forgave it. Now, he just took this qasam. That this won't happen. Something changed in those people's hearts and they came and forgave it, overlooked it. On this occasion, Nabi Kareem said, Inna min ibadillah law aqsama ala Allahi la abarrahu. There are some servants of Allah Ta'ala. Now, this was a reference in that particular instance to Anas bin Nadar. Now, this came out of his mouth, but Allah Ta'ala made it happen. Allah Ta'ala changed their hearts and made it happen in conformity to the qasam he took. So that his qasam doesn't break. He doesn't become guilty of now violating his vow. Now what the point was, what the lesson is, that sometimes there are people we don't give any attention to, down and out, simple person, nobody gives him a second look, nobody will consider him. One sahabi passed by by the gathering of Nabi Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu was sitting around some sahaba, uh, some sahaba was sitting around Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Somebody passed by, person very, very simple, down and out, very simple, poor person. Nabi Sassam asked the Sahaba, what do you think about this person? So now in terms of what his position was, in terms of the society. So it is a very simple, poor person. Nobody gives any much thought to him. It is very likely that if he speaks something, nobody will even pay attention to hear what he's saying. If he goes to propose at somebody's door, somebody's home for the hand of their daughter in nikah, the likelihood is they're not even going to accept his proposal. Hariyun in khataba Allah yunkah, etc. Few things they mention of that nature. So in any case, he passed and went. After a while, another person passed. He's also a Sahabi. Person who had some prominence among the others, dressed well, in terms of, obviously, his dress now is a sahabi, so he's dressed in terms of sharia, sunnah, he's not dressed in a way that's not in order, but he's dressed in good garments, and a person who, says, what do you think about him? So he said, he is a person of position and some status in society, if he speaks, people will pay attention, what is he saying? He's saying something, we need to listen what he's saying. If he proposes some way, it's very likely his proposal will be accepted. So now he's also a sahabi, and being a Sahabi, he's also a person of high caliber. 
the beast asked him said yes this person the earth filled with people like him are not equal to that one person that person's maqam you took him as for granted but now this was wahi nabi sallallahu was informed of it not that this person was not a good person he was a very good he was a sahabi of nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam but he couldn't compare to the position of that person which people took for granted who was not given that consideration because he was taken for granted so likewise this is just something very important we don't take anybody for granted don't look down upon anybody don't think of ourselves as better than anyone something that is wrong is wrong but sometimes there are people who are very simple don't have any prominence of any sort but they are fulfilling the commands of allah taala whatever other requirements of deen they are fulfilling we have no idea whose maqam is where what level somebody is on so in any case we digress from this incident so as the khadija sahab asked her tani rahmatullahi on the one side regarding yourself as nobody but then you regarding everybody better than you but how then you can take somebody to task so strongly so he gave that example that now the bungi now this bucket carrier now this bucket carrier he is looked down upon generally he is regarded as to be the lowest of the society but it was the bucket carrier that was the jallad as well he was the jallad he was the executioner or he was the one that's now going to meet out that lashing so now the king suddenly called him up i said the prince now gave him too many warnings but he still not coming into line so now give him 20 lashes so now the jallad the bungi the bucket carrier he's been instructed you lash the prince so now he says now he's going to carry out the instruction now it's the king's instruction the king gave that order he has no choice in it so now while he's lashing the prince the prince is on the receiving end getting whipped and it's by his hand that is getting whipped see by any the can they be even one iota of chance that in that time that bungi will feel i am better than the prince this is rather despite the fact that he is meeting out that lashing but his heart will be trembling also that i hope i don't overdo it because this is just an instruction i got to carry it out what is this now the king told me that but i didn't tell you to now take double the strength and you seem to be now putting some revenge in the whole thing you seem to be doing something out of your personal vengeance of some sort and instead of now being the one who's doing the lashing i might get lashed so this is that exactly the position when reprimanding somebody i still feel myself to be much lower this is the prince and i am just merely under instruction to do what is necessary for that person's benefit for his islah so this is the heart of the mashaa this is their consciousness this is the way that they they controlled their hearts and minds and in such a careful way they dealt with everything if we are given some responsibility to take charge of something and then somebody went offline so now we take it as our charge now to show our authority and to now meet out whatever we can in a way that now stands our authority whether it might be our own children whether it might be some other position or responsibility some some authority whether it's over some employees whatever it might be so now we sometimes don't realize that the manner in which we handling something 
It might have started off that somebody did something wrong, but how we handling it, we could become zalims in the process. We could become guilty of zulm. And that becomes a very dangerous thing, very, very severe thing. A zulmo, zulumatun yawm al One is the day of qiyamah, which is a very severe matter. This becomes a source of severe darkness. And that darkness, that's destruction then. But in dunya also, among the things that bring azab very quickly on the person is zulm. Allah Ta'ala protect us and save us from it. So these are things to ponder over. So all these muraqabas are extremely important. So this muraqaba, sitting down and just pondering, I'm nobody, I'm nothing. And letting this settle in the heart until this becomes gradually, initially, there will just be the words, just the tongue saying something. But gradually the heart will start taking it. Gradually the heart will start accepting. Yes, this is my, this is my situation. This is who I am. Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala grant us complete Islam and tazkiyah. Cleanse our hearts out of all the evils and maladies of the heart and fill our hearts with his muhabbat, with tawazu, with taqwa, and all the akhlaq hamida. Wa akhiru da'wana, alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.